1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Investor Intelligence, brought to you by the team at The Property Mentors. It's your weekly podcast for all things investment and hosted by me, Phoebe Sikowski wallace joining me today and back again for the third time, lucky me, is business coach extraordinaire Helen Mack. As a business coach, Helen helps create the best possible results for small business owners and has coached and trained thousands of people to improve results in not only their businesses, but also their lives. Helen, welcome back.
2: Nice to be here, Phoebe. It's great to talk to you again. Of
1: course. Thank you so much for um, continuing to say yes every time I invite you on. (laughs) 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 So, listeners, you will, of course, recognize Helen from episodes 61 and 70, where we talked about everything from setting your small business up for success to the key attitudes for sustaining business success. Um, If you haven't already, or if you're new here and this is the first episode you're listening to, I highly recommend you listen to both episodes. They are fantastic, if we do say so ourselves. (laughs) Um, No, we've had some great feedback on them, so the proof is in the pudding with that one. Uh, But Helen, enough about pudding. In addition to the incredible work that you do, you've also done a TED talk, correct?
2: A TEDx talk, to be fair, but yes, it was a fantastic opportunity to share some some new ideas and TEDx really stretches the mind of the presenter Mm. as well as the audience. Yeah, how did that come about? Oh, uh, uh, through the way most of my work comes about, <laughs> word of mouth and referral. Yeah, uh, someone knew someone who was running a TEDx who needed um, a, a opening the speaker, and that was me.
1: Yeah, no, it's amazing, and I'll, I'll definitely share that in the show notes because I highly recommend anyone watch it. But, you know, Helen, the last few times we've spoken, we've kind of talked about this almost you know, knife's edge or this sort of fine line of business succeeding and failing and, you know, mm. sometimes aiming too high, but achieving too little. And there's a quote that I learned from you, not only when we were talking about doing this episode, but also from your TED talk um, that has just stuck with me ever since. And that is the top part of optimism looks like the bottom part of delusion. Yes. So I want to explore that a little bit more with you. To start off, how do you define optimism and delusion? Like, what's the difference between the two?
2: So the the, the fine line is the challenge, Phoebe. That that um, optimism, I, I preach and live um, a, a version of life which is all about maximising optimism. But the difference is the difference. The, the line between the two is when if you are too optimistic and you're not taking into account risk factors, you're not taking into account environmental factors being. Like small e environment, not, not the big e environment that everyone's getting, you know, trees and stuff, <laughs> but like the, the environment in which you're operating and you keep saying, no, no, it'll be fine. Regardless of all these signs that things are going to go badly it'll all be fine a very current example and and we are chatting in february 2022 um an example of that is the people who believe sorry thank you 2023 oh my god let's edit that out so so we are talking in february 2023 and there are people who were in delusion about the the um, bank interest rates staying at effectively zero Mm. That that was delusional, Mm. and they made decisions based on that, that resulted in in all kinds of grief for them in their um, property investment decisions Mm. and in their home investment decisions. Because it's like, oh no, it'll be fine. It's fine. The, The fact that history shows that that's unsustainable. That the other than the you know people who didn't know anything, the the true experts were saying this cannot last. They were going, no, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll overstretch myself. I'll, that's delusion. Okay. Optimism is what's the best possible result that I can get from this scenario? So it was an opportunity for people that the, the low interest rates was a great opportunity as long as they took advice from experts like you or financial experts in other parts of their world that said, okay, what can we do now and what would be sustainable should the interest rates change, which they're likely to do. That's the fine line. Optimism is this looks like a fantastic opportunity. How can I maximise that opportunity? Delusion is I'm going to ignore all of the risks and all of the environmental factors that are telling me that this is not going to work and I'm going to do it anyway.
1: Oh, That's a great example because, you know, when you think of like optimism and delusion, you might think off the top of your head, oh, that's pretty self-explanatory what the difference is. But I think that's a really, really... Clear way to to paint that. Well, we're in the, we're in that
2: pain point now, and yeah. I, I feel for the people who were deluded about it
1: for sure. So, why is it important to understand the border between optimism and delusion, particularly in our
2: professional lives or you know small businesses? Hmm. Fantastic question. The um the problem or the challenge is that that if we are optimistic in our businesses, then we'll make good decisions about our progress, about our growth, about our marketing, our strategies. We'll make conscious decisions about building the success slowly. If we're in delusion, we will um, take more risks. All of the things that I talked before, we'll take more risks. We will continue down pathways where all of the signs are showing us that it's not the direction to take because Mm -hmm. we're just going, no, 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 it'll be fine, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, crash. Um, when we're operating from a position of optimism we are being logical and step by step and when we're operating from delusion it's it's just we're running ahead and going no 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 I'll make it all up I'll fix it all up along the way I'll fix it up later and then of course later doesn't come because we've crashed
1: Mm, mm. it reminds me of the sort of rose-tinted glasses um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) way of life completely in fact absolutely that and if everything if you're wearing rose tinted glasses and the obstacle is rose tinted you won't see it Mm. so that's the challenge of that sort of view is oh you know i'm fine i'm running along with my hands over my eyes going i'm fine i'm fine i can't see any problems well that's because you've got you're closing your eyes yeah like
1: it's harder to see red flags when um you've got rose tinted glasses on that's
2: beautiful thank you it's lovely i like that
1: so can optimism in a way can it be detrimental
2: to our well-being or success as well well the challenge phoebe is that it's not optimism that's detrimental Mm. it's positive thinking so Mm. um my belief is that positive thinking has a negative aspect
1: yeah, I was going to say that was something that you also you talked about in your TED talk. And it's one of the first things you bring up. And it's so interesting yeah. about this positivity virus and how it has this potential to cause major damage. So what what do you mean by
2: that? What does that look like? So there was a a, a huge, almost like a rash of, you know, everyone sort of um, teaching positivity. I'm using those same analogies, aren't I? Teaching positivity and and everyone was being taught to think positive, et cetera, et cetera. And the reason I talk about it as a virus is just before we we started chatting today, I Googled be positive and in 0.4 seconds, I got 6.5 billion responses to be positive. That's wild. And the reason for that is because everyone thinks that positive thinking fixes things. Mm. Here's the challenge. Positive thinking is missing a critical element for success, which is the action imperative. Mm. You can sit on the couch and think positively for as long as you like. That red Ferrari is not going to come down the driveway. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you can wish it, you can think it, you can hope for it. But until you do something, nothing's going to happen. Mm. Optimism has a built-in action imperative. Even the first three letters spell the word opt, mm. which means to choose. The word optimism means, it comes from the Greek optimus or the Latin optimus, which yeah. means the search for good. It's about the, the seeking out the best possible. And so Optimism is about a choice and to opt for Mm. the best possible outcome. And so it has built into it this idea that you must take action to create a better result tomorrow than you're experiencing today. Mm.
1: So that is, that's the, the core sort of difference is that action that's being taken.
2: Absolutely. Positive thinking is just thinking. Optimism includes and requires Mm. action.
1: Yeah, I, I I think I remember the sort of time in my life when you know positive thinking started to become mm-hmm. a bit more known globally, or you know, mm. and, and that was probably the rise of the internet and you know technology and everything. And at the start, it sounded great. Like all I have oh, to yeah. do is sit. All I have to do is sit here and think positively, and it all happen for me. That, that's that right. Sounds that's great. right.
2: All I need to do is 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 um, is mutter some affirmations every day, yeah. and the world will be wonderful.
1: I'll and manifest and everything from my delusion. bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> So something else you mentioned in your TED talk is about these kind of different lenses or ways of looking at how people approach tasks in their sort of, you know, professional life but I imagine too their personal lives as well. Mm. Why is it important to know what your lens is? And like what are these lenses first of all?
2: So um the, the this piece that I was talking that I that I talk about is to do with making sure that so so Everything has to be done within an optimistic frame. Mm -hmm. But then we need to think about how do we view the world to be able to get the best possible result for ourselves, our teams, our our friends and family, our community. It applies in all parts of our world. And there are two lenses that people may not be conscious of. And if you're not conscious of these lenses, then you're making decisions on the basis of them and you're not aware that your decisions are therefore being biased by these lenses. And the first one is focal distance. Mm -hmm. So this is literally like a photographer. You know, a photographer knows that if they change the focal, if they move the lens around and they change the focal distance, they can literally put their focus on something that's close to them or something that's far away. Mm. And to talk about business owners, because that's where our current bias is, if a small business owner is focused on the things that are only just immediately around them, that's a narrow focus, a tight focus, and that might mean that they miss opportunities that are slightly further out Mm. because they haven't focused on the horizon. And even our eyes, Phoebe, um, lose the ability to change focal length if we don't use them for that. So mm. because we're all spending so much time on our computers, <laughs> which has a focal length of this, yeah. often there are lots of people out in the world at the moment who are not their eyes and you know, I'm wearing glasses. Their eyes are not as good at focusing on the horizon because they're spending so much time with a, you know, a two foot or uh, how many of a centimeter, 60 centimeter mm. focal length. As a business owner, we need to get practiced at look close look at, at a distance, look close at what's happening around me now, look at a distance, what's out there that's an opportunity or a threat or whatever. We need to be able to change those focal distances. But we have a bias. We all have something that we like to do more. Yeah. And as a small business owner, as we grow our teams, it's a really good idea to bring into our into our team, into our sphere, people that have that bias at the other end. So the ones, if I'm someone who has a tight focal lens, Mostly I need to bring in some people who are good at the long distance, the, 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 the horizon. Mm. And if I'm a horizon thinker, I need to bring in people who are more focused on the detail on, an, on the everyday detail. And then the second one is uh, the second lens, if you like, is timeline. Mm. So some of us are very focused on today, tomorrow, the next day. So immediate timeline. And some people are, um, you know, long term. Future thinking, mm-hmm. out um, of the box. The, yeah, out of the box. The analogy that I use is that some people are building castles in the sky, and some people are digging the foundations on the ground. You know, some <laughs> people are building the house, and some people are. And and again, it's not neither of them are right or wrong. Mm. It's if you have the awareness of which is your bias. So, yeah, awareness first, and then adjusting or bringing in. I'm, I know I am a today, tomorrow, the next day thinker. What's going to happen next month? The month after, oh. six months, next year, and or, who do I have in my world who can get my head up sometimes? Because mm. if I'm going today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day, if I'm not careful, I could run into a, a brick wall, an obstacle, because <laughs> I haven't looked up. Yeah. But if I'm constantly looking at the long distance, then I'll fall down the manhole that I didn't see because I'm I haven't got any view mm. of what's happening at the step in front of me. So, both of them we need. There's no, it's not right or wrong. It's simply awareness of my bias and how am I going to adjust for that bias or bring in someone who can assist me to, to adjust my timeline. Um, you need to. F- Surround yourself with people who can help you with that.
1: So it's so it's okay to have one, but you should be training yourself to either you know switch between the two, but it's okay to
2: have sort of more one as long as you're sort of aware of them and then... That the awareness is yeah, the key piece. Okay. and Just recognising what's my bias mm. and then, okay, if that's my bias, I need to put more effort, conscious effort, if I need to look at the other bit. And when I'm starting to recruit people around me, bring in extra people, let's have that conversation and see if I can... Um, balance my bias with someone else's bias so the business has that ability to do both.
1: I love that. I, I, I already know which one my bias is and I can think of, you know, other colleagues who might have the same, but I think I know of other colleagues who have the opposite. And just from surrounding myself with them, we almost in a way balance each other out and exactly teach each right. other how to do that because it's not, it might not be first nature for us at the start, yeah. but it's such a great way to, to learn <laughs> about it. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I do love that. So Helen, how can one cultivate a healthy balance and you know, what are some of the strategies of combating delusional thinking while still promoting a optimistic outlook?
2: The key element of avoiding delusion is to keep asking yourself the questions that we talked about in episode 61. Mm. So go back and listen to that, boys and yes, girls. Yes, yes. Um, because that's about making sure that you're getting focused on the reality of what's possible given your scenario and then targeting your best possible outcomes. Um, so that you can take steps to achieve that. If you're got if you're constantly doing the anything's possible kind of approach, mm. then you may be straying into delusion. Yeah. To maintain an optimistic um, approach, to to have this best possible um, this attitude for searching for the good and um, looking for what what's the best possible outcome from any scenario. And you know the stuff that we have just been through again February twenty twenty three, the things that we've just been through. Um, some, there were some good outcomes from the pandemic and all of those terrible scenarios. The people who benefited the most from all of that were the ones who were able to say, not, not just positive thinking, I'm fine or Mm -hmm. delusional. Oh, everything's just, you know, everything's rosy. I should continue down the path of my massive business growth when, you know, the world's crashing in on itself. Optimism is about saying, what's the best outcome for me and my business, my family, my friends, my community? right now given the scenario that we're in mm. and then there are some things you can do to maintain an attitude of optimism to create best possible results especially in your business which is our focus yeah. for this podcast um so would you like me to share three things that that your i would listeners love can you to
1: share that? three things
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the first is around creating clarity so, you know, from a business perspective, that's about clarity of expectations, clarity of results tracking, clarity of market and and uh, and niche, and you know who who am I talking to. So the mo- the more clarity you can get in your business, the more likely you uh, will be to be able to be optimistic about that business. And there are four levels of clarity that I work with with my with my coaching clients, starting with mud, where you're really stuck in the mud mm. and everything's just really, really hard, through to what I call crystal clarity, which is where more options are available. Because just like when you shine a single beam of white light into a crystal, it creates a fractal of rainbow colours, mm. every colour in the rainbow, literally. We need to get to that point to create optim- pure optimism or the best, strongest optimism about our business is to move from mud through the levels to cl- to crystal clarity. Mm. So that's number one, create yeah. clarity. Number two is to maximize momentum. So often when we're in business, we're working so hard that we um, find ourselves kind of spinning our wheels a bit. And maximizing momentum is sometimes about slowing down enough so that we can get traction. Mm. So if we're spinning our wheels, sometimes just slowing a bit means that we can get traction and get back into forward momentum. The analogy is if you're spinning your wheels in mud, going, spinning them faster is not going to get you any further. It's just going mm. to get you muddier. <laughs> you need to get some resources, a mate with a bigger truck and a tow bar or, uh, or some, some, um, mats for under the wheels, yeah. or something else to break logs the and that, spinning yeah. logs, hessian sacking, whatever. Just spinning faster isn't going to work. You need the traction to get yourself going. And if you're stuck, so not, not a different analogy, but if you find yourself going, which, which way should I go? Oh my goodness. There's too many choices apart from a prioritization process that I teach my clients. Mm-hmm. If you're at that point, just do something. Yeah. If you take action, even a small action, baby step, in any direction, that's better than going nowhere because it's very hard to change direction from being stationary. So what we need to do is create a scenario where we get into action, we take one small step, and then we kind of go, how did that feel? Did that work? Mm. Do do I feel good? Did that that get me the result I want? And if the answer to all of of those is yes, then take another step in the same direction. And then another step and slowly that will build momentum. If you take that first little step and everything you like from it, how did it feel to you and the response from other people or the response from the market or the response from a client go goes eh, nah? You go, okay, okay, that didn't work. Yeah. How about if I just adjust by five degrees? Let's take a step in that direction. Oh, that felt better. Mm. Do I need to go? So just baby steps. Any direction is better than none. It's much easier to change direction if you're in. Momentum. Yeah, yeah. So the first is create clarity. Second is maximise momentum. And the third one is maintain mindset. Now, no prizes for guessing which mindset I recommend you maintain. (laughs) (laughs) So maintain an optimistic mindset. Mm. And the key piece here in terms of these three steps to overall um, maintaining an optimistic mindset is that in business, in life, in property investment, some days are diamonds. Some days everything's sparkling. It's all going brilliantly. Take advantage of that and, and when things are going well, do lots of stuff, mm-hmm. whatever you need to do at the time. Mm-hmm. And when you have, so some days are diamonds, some days oh. are coal. <laughs> this is a John Denver lyric, I think. <laughs> um, on the cold days, on the days where it's just all really hard, my very strong professional recommendation mm-hmm. is be gentle on yourself. Do just the things that you need to do. Take some time out. Breathe. Go and hang out with some people who make you feel better. Mm. And then tomorrow will be a better day. <gasps>
1: Helen, I always feel just so inspired after I talk to you. Honestly, <laughs> thank you. No, but thank you so much. God, all your analogies absolutely oh. hilarious, but they really hit home. They really uh, get the, get the point across, which is amazing. It's much better
2: than just theory, right? Oh my it's, God, if yes. I, if I if I can build a picture, it's much more fun. <laughs> absolutely. But Helen, anything you
1: wanted to add before we wrap up?
2: Well um, Phoebe, as well as the TEDx talk, which I'd love to have people go and look at um, and you're going to provide the link absolutely. but I'm also going to provide you with the ebook that uh, that I created as a result of that and so um, I'd love for people to to because some people like re- listening to podcasts, some people like watching videos and some people like reading. Mm. So um, I'm going to provide um, all of the listeners with a copy of the ebook The Fine Line uh, Leadership is the fine line between optimism and delusion. And um, as I always do, any of the, of your listeners who would like to have an initial consult with me, a chat about how does all this apply in their businesses? I'm more than happy to, uh, to have that first. No strings attached, conversation, and I promise that they'll get one gem that they can use and implement to improve the optimism in their lives and their businesses. Mm,
1: that's incredibly generous. Thank you, Helen. And as always, thank you so much for your time. You're always a pleasure to learn from. And listeners, just like last time, if you want to book yourself in with Helen, or if you want that link to the ebook, head to investorintelligence.com.au forward slash business coach. So you can find that all in our show notes uh, for that very generous offer from Helen. Helen, thank you so much so much again.
2: Thank you, Phoebe. It's always a delight to talk to you. I look forward to us uh, finding something else that we can talk about. Oh, I've got notes. Don't worry. I've got notes. You'll be on again soon. (laughs) Fantastic. I look forward to it.
0: If you found this episode or any of our episodes helpful, please make sure to share and leave a rating to help us reach more people on their investing journeys. And of course, subscribe to be notified when new episodes drop. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Investor Intelligence Podcast. You can find links to our other socials in the show notes, including a link to the Property Mentors weekly blog. If you are ready to get your property portfolio in shape for financial freedom, check out Luke's latest book, Property Fit. You can get yourself a copy at www.propertyfitbook.com.au.